Joining me right now is one of the panelists uh, from uh, the University of Pretoria, Dr. Stimbilembete. Welcome to Ubuntu Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Um, in your view, what are some of the issues that are peculiar to the African continent that requires us as a continent to address? Well, I think that some of the issues that we need to address as a continent, and I think that are peculiar to us, they're the ones that we know of, um, the major conflicts um, and and intractable, these conflicts that just don't stop um, all over the continent um, that have been an issue for, for, for decades and the silencing the guns agenda from 2013 mm. that envisioned silencing the guns by 2023 mm. and we know that that hasn't happened and in fact that we've seen new and fresh conflicts emerge in Mozambique um, and in Sudan you know currently and so there is these conflicts in the, conf- in the continent that won't stop issues of development and underdevelopment and, and, and poverty that contribute to the insecurity on the continent. And then I think that there are the issues of pandemic disease that have, uh, that really, you know, we saw it come to the fore with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but how Africa is prepared to deal with pandemic disease. So the p- pandemic preparedness, I think is also a particular issue for Africa, as we saw with the response to COVID-19, that the world monopolized all the resources uh, and we were left uh, with with very little. And so, you know, how do we equip ourselves and capacitate ourselves to deal with that? But I think, and what I spoke about on the panel, is the new issues that we need to be aware of um, as a continent. So there's a lot that's being spoken about globally around green technology and almost this green industrial revolution that's going to require minerals that come from the African continent. So, you know, cobalt, um, uh, copper, the different platinum minerals, all of those come from um, Africa. Coltan, uh, you know, the, the DRC has the largest deposits of coltan in the world. And what we are seeing is that Africa is again being used as a place to mine, to take out all of those resources and take them into the rest of the world. And we're not getting any other benefit from them. And so, you know, these issues of how Africa will be able to really take control of its fate uh, with these new minerals of the future, I think is a very big emerging issue. And then a second emerging issue is AI, artificial intelligence, what we've seen with the rise of ChatGPT and all of these uh, other AI platforms is that they are just repeating and replicating the old um, tropes of colonialism where Africa is completely excluded uh, from the conversation and from the debate. And when it is included, it's included as a mess, as a basket case, as a place of poverty. And you know, what are we going to do to take over the narratives um, that drive uh, the algorithms uh, that, 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 you know, that underlie uh, artificial intelligence? And I think that we are really at risk as Africa to be excluded again uh, from this very important, uh, to what's clearly going to be a very important uh, source of, of knowledge and development into the future. 
Just to take you um, out of alignment a bit, you know, food security is another issue, like in Africa and globally. And today being World No Tobacco Day, the World Health Organization has called for us to reconsider and look at um, reusing the tobacco farms in order to plant food, because we have a food crisis. What's your take on that? I... I think it's a great idea and I think that, you know, it's a valuable one uh, because of all the effects uh, of and the health effects of, of tobacco. I think the challenge, though, for many governments is having to then balance between tobacco being this important source of revenue, right, because it gets sold uh, for foreign uh, currency. Uh, so the balance between this important f- source of revenue and then everything that needs to be done uh, to maintain food security. I agree though that um, the use of land uh, that's there uh, to to meet Africa's food security needs is important, but then we must also remember all the other parts of agriculture. As we saw during the at the beginning of the conflict in Ukraine, that uh, so many African countries stopped having uh, access to fertilizers mm. because the bulk of the fertilizers that we use, well over 95% for some countries, came from the Ukraine. I mean, that's outrageous. How can it be that you as a continent are completely reliant on one country mm. to supply a major input to the agricultural process. So I think that what we need to think of is beyond just the land and I think land is very important in how we use it, but also think about you know all the supply chains for all of the other inputs to agriculture to ensure that we can actually be food secure as a continent. How can the African continent then deepen its efforts to ensure that multilateralism works better for and is representative of Africa's unique position in the world? I think that African countries, if they want to ensure that multilateralism works for us, the first thing is to really focus on our own unity. Mm. And it was a big discussion uh, in, in the panel around, you know, the the disunity amongst African countries that's then used by external forces um, in order to um, in order to disrupt uh, the plans of, of the continent in order to keep the continent uh, and, and different countries apart. And so I think that unity is something to focus on and focusing on unity means an acceptance amongst countries that there'll be some compromise, that there'll be some sacrifice um, and that we need to resource our own uh, institutions. Currently, the biggest funder of the AU is the European Union. Mm. Um, The biggest contributors to peacekeeping missions, at least of the finances of peacekeeping missions on the African continent, are the UN um, and uh, and external uh, multilateral institutions. So I think that, you know, the focus in Africa should be on unity, on um, on effectively resourcing our own institutions and our own processes uh, so that we actually have independence and autonomy in the way that we run things. And then thirdly, and I think we've already seen some of this being done 
in the UN, in different agents, in, in different parts of the UN's business. So whether it's on climate, where the African uh, lobby, the African caucus has been incredibly uh, influential in climate negotiations, as we saw in the last COP, uh, but also in the UN Security Council, where the uh, when the A3 uh, African states have really formed themselves as a formal caucus of the UN and are really asserting uh, African agency over the many African issues that are on the agenda of the UN Security Council. Uh, but, you know, the A3 has been able to do that because of um, a unified agenda uh, and and working consistently with the African Union uh, on, on promoting an African agenda in the UN Security Council over the last few years. And so... I really think so much of Africa's influence over the multilateral system is going to depend on how far um, African states, African governments, but also African people, uh, how far we go in having a common purpose, in being unified in a unified um, course of action um, in engaging with the rest of the world. Dr. Mbete, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Have a good day, Feather. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.